What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sports and Stilettos Podcast. I am your host, Breezy, and happy Friday. Uh, First, very sorry for the late uh, posting of this episode. It's been a very rough week for me. Uh, Went to the Franklin Institute as a chaperone with my daughter's class on Monday, and let's just say she's in first grade and I will probably not do that again. But we'll see. We will see. Um, Anyway, welcome back. If you have not already, make sure you're following me on Twitter at your host underscore breezy and on Instagram at Sports and Stilettos Podcast. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe button for the show on the podcasting platform that you are listening on. This way you are notified as soon as new episodes drop. You guys know I record at very odd times of the day. Right now, it is 5.55 a.m. and I'm recording. So, (laughs) this is a prime example. Um, make sure you are subscribed just so you know when new episodes drop. I know not a lot of people get on social media that early in the morning, um, which is where I post um, my new episodes and links and things like that. So just make sure you're subscribed so that you get notified. That's all. So our Philadelphia Eagles are 11 and one, which is, I mean, it feels great. It really does. And I said this in the off season, um, you know, it really gives... 2017 vibes you know obviously minus you know all the injuries and things like that like this has been an overall very 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 healthy team um and you couldn't ask for more than that especially in a league where anything can happen you know you've seen people get hurt in warm-ups you've seen people get hurt uh during family vacations on the bye week you know it's really a a week-to-week league and i'm very very grateful that this team has been as healthy as they possibly can be um you know going into this next week so gonna really quick recap uh last week's beatdown of the tennessee titans and then go into the preview of the Eagles and Giants game on Sunday. So you're getting a two-for-one deal today, all right? Um, so 35-10 beat down of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I, I, I don't think we knew that that kind of score was coming. Um, I know that we very much thought that the Eagles would win, probably by a smaller margin. I think the spread on that game was four and a half, if I'm not mistaken, or five uh, for the Eagles, but I would have never thought that it would be, um, you know, a 25 point win margin. So, you know, kudos to this coaching staff, kudos to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles players, and most importantly, that revenge narrative. This team has really thrived in that re- like that revenge factor and you've seen it every you've seen it every single week since this season has started um you know Jalen Hurts is on his his very own revenge tour um he probably will never acknowledge it but you know I think there are a lot of coaches and uh players and things like that who really didn't see the potential that Jalen Hurts had um you know when he got drafted and 
the way things went last season and, and all of that. And now he's coming and showing the world that he's an MVP caliber quarterback. And he's doing it in the most humble way that a player could could ever go after this kind of award and this kind of recognition. So I love that. I absolutely love that about our team. And then going to AJ Brown. We know the story. Uh, well, we know bits and pieces of the story. I won't say we know the whole thing. But, you know, he was traded to the Eagles on draft night. Tennessee Titans didn't want to pay him the money that, um, you know, he was worth. So they let him walk. And I'm not going to lie. I was very skeptical of A.J. Brown coming to Philadelphia. Um, Those who were uh, at the link on draft night know this. I was very, like, hesitant, you know, because of the way he was treated in Tennessee. I was like, you know, is he going to perform the way that we want him to? Is he going to perform to that level that we know he can? Like, I really, I had no idea. Um, So that was something that, I was a little hesitant about coming into the season after we traded for him on draft night. Um, But, you know, obviously he has shown and proven that he is a top wide receiver in this league. Um, And coming to a team where, you know, as they say, there's no Robins, there's only Batman, Batman. um, It's very, very nice to see him thrive the way that he has. And then doing it, on his old team, you know, it was really a, a, I'm going to show you what you lost and you'll never be able to replace me kind of game. I thought from AJ Brown and, you know, again, another humble player that is just, he just brings the extra juice and you couldn't ask for more than that. So, you know, that's the Eagle side of the ball, you know, uh, the, the, Eagles defense going against Derrick Henry is a tall task in itself going against you know um Jonathan Taylor is a tall task going against uh Saquon Barkley is a tall like any of these elite wide or not wide receivers goodness any of these elite running backs in the league it's a very tall task for any defensive line to go against to try to hold them to under 100 yards For most teams, it's very much impossible. Um, For the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously it is not. Uh, They held Derrick Henry to 30 yards rushing on Sunday. And, you know, I just, I couldn't have asked for a better defensive game from the Philadelphia Eagles. It was, it's probably one of Gannon's best games um but this also you know it isn't just on him it's on the the players as well the players knew their assignments they knew what was you know pretty much what they were going up against and they made sure that they handled their business and that's really all that you can ask for um you know you had Brandon Graham in on a lot of things you had uh Sue and Joseph and Fletcher Cox and you know just everybody doing their part and it's it's just it's an amazing feeling when you can see that kind of production out of a team where we were like just blow it all up 
and start over, um, you know, not not even a year ago, you know. So it's it's a great feeling. It's it's great watching it unfold before your eyes and and having it be on a consistent basis. You know, they did this throughout the entire game, and I think it was one of the most consistent and balanced defensive called games that I've seen this year. So, you know, kudos to the players, kudos to uh, Coach Gannon for for a great game and giving us, you know, some entertainment along the way. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, back-to-back um, player of the week. You know, you did it one week for rushing, you did it the next week for passing. It was, it's, it, it, this, t- this team as a whole is absolutely incredible. Um, and then special teams. Look at that. They actually stepped up. They're not they're not in the doghouse. They're not the the, you know, the kids that are that are picked last in kickball anymore, you know? Britton Covey finally looked like he was a punt returner and not a ragdoll. So I think that this team they they understand the the team that they go against every week and they know that where their flaws lie. They know that there are things that they have to improve upon every single week, even if it's the same thing every single week. This is the first time that we've seen this special teams unit really play ball and really, you know, tackle the way that they're supposed to and return kicks and punts and all of that stuff the way that they're supposed to. And it's a breath of fresh air. It is a very, very good sight for sore eyes. 100%. Um, you know, finally seeing the speed that Covey has. And, you know, it's it's very much, very much worth it. Um, you know, I don't consider him um, an outlier anymore. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, what more can you ask for? Seriously. Um, the issues, you know, I'm, I'm going to start doing, well, I mean, it's probably too late to start doing this, but you know, we still got the playoffs. So I'm going to start doing um, an issue of the week. And this is for all three phases of the game, uh, offense, defense, special teams. And we're just going to kind of address the, the F ups as I'm saying it nicely, um, where they kind of stepped on, you know, kind of screwed themselves over in the game. Um, and then look for different ways of them to improve those issues in the next game. So we all know that the offense had a million and one pre-snap penalties and it was just, it was horrific. It, It almost made me want to throw something and break a window and it was just it was just bad you know they I I I don't know if like maybe they they didn't drink the decaf coffee that morning like I, I don't know what it was but like they really had the jitters like they could not settle down in this game at all the offense by themselves okay and this is accepted and declined penalties The offense by themselves accounted for 13 penalties in that game. And it it, honestly, it feels like a lot more. It really does. But I'm just like, you know, these are veterans. These are not rookies, you know, outside of. I don't I don't even know. I mean, 
it, it just, it's like, why are you shooting yourselves in the foot? Like, a lot of these players you don't hear about, and that's a good thing, you know? You don't want to hear your offensive lineman getting called during the game, unless they're doing something, you know, absolutely, you know, crazy, like, you know, Jason Kelsey tossing a, a DB out of the way so Miles Sanders can get further down the field, you know, stuff like that. But you never want to hear your O-line getting called for false starts. You never want to hear your O-line getting called for holding, especially veterans who have been in this league for eight to 10 years already. So, you know, coach Sirianni uh, addressed it in his press conference after the game. And he was just like, you know, these pre-snap penalties are a reflection of me. I have to do better in practice, blah, blah, blah. We know, we know. And so I, I honestly, I didn't think that we were going to get, you know, an apology like that, but you know, the players, they know too, you know, they know that they gotta, they gotta get it together and it's not on anybody but them. So, um, I'll definitely be watching for the penalties on Sunday when we play the Giants and hopefully we'll see that number go down a lot more. Um, you know, definitely want single digits with that. But moving on to the defense, I literally have zero issues with the defense. Like they had a hell of a game. They were enjoyable to watch. They the only the only thing that maybe I would have a concern about would be them letting Tannehill get first downs. Like it's it's weird, it's awkward to watch. Like Tannehill's not a running quarterback. He is not a mobile quarterback. He is a pocket passer. That's where he should stay. That's where he should get sacked. Like I'd never want to see Ryan Tannehill run for a first down the way that he did on us ever again, or any other quarterback for that matter. So defense, got to clean that up. Got to get it um, worked into the game plan because going against Daniel Jones, that man can take off at any point in time. We know this firsthand experience, okay? And we'll get into that. Uh, in the second part of this in a minute. Um, and then special teams, you know, they really brought their A game this week and um, it was great to see. It really was. I think Covey played probably his best football thus far and he can only go up from here. You know, if he regresses, then then we got a problem. Then we got a really big problem. Um, so looking ahead, we have the Giants that we play on Sunday. They are 7-4-1. <laughs> terrible, terrible team tied with another terrible, terrible team um, in the Washington Commanders. And um, it was just, it was bad to watch. It really was. Um, you know, it, I just, yeah, it was, it was gross. It was very, very um bad to watch. I was not a fan of it at all. Um, you know, it just, it was, it was, it was nasty work, <laughs> you know? Um, and then we are at the bears on 12, 18 going out to Chicago. So that should be a, a that should be a fun game. Um, seeing how this defense goes against, um, Justin Fields. So that should be interesting. Um, and then we have the Cowboys on uh, Christmas Eve. 
nine and they're nine and three right now. Um, sorry, Bears are three and ten as well. Um, and then we have the Saints. <laughs> the Sa- I feel like the Saints game is very controversial, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it later. And then we have the Giants again at the end of the year. Um, I believe that game might be played on a Saturday, but not a hundred percent sure yet. So, part two, part two of the of the show, we are going to look ahead to Giants and Eagles on Sunday. We're playing in North Jersey at the Meadowlands. And this is another revenge game. James Bradbury, who has come to Philadelphia and been one of the best corners, matched up with Darius Slay, best corner duo um, in the league. Um, You know, I I feel like he's, you know, he's going to play with a little bit of juice. We know that. We absolutely know that. But we've also noticed that teams don't throw his way as much as they used to. So it's, it, it'll be very interesting to see how Gannon uses Bradbury on Sunday um, and how the Giants respond to that. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, the Giants started off really, really hot. I honestly, I thought they were going to be the competition in the, in the division. Um, they started out 2-0, then they lost to the Cowboys week three, and then they didn't lose again until week eight when they played Seattle. So all of these games are that they have that the Giants have won by have been like one score games, like seven to eight points. And it should be and I'll you know, I'll get to my score prediction later, but it should be a very one uh, one-sided game. As long as the Eagles play the right way, the way that, you know, we know we can play. Um so Giants offense they you know, they don't really have stars. They have Saquon Barkley um who is a absolute phenomenal player. Um there's there's nothing about his game that you could take away from him. He is absolutely he's incredible. Um hell of a player uh he's their leading rusher he's already over a thousand yards this year um rushing but I think he has hit a I don't want to say it's a wall because it's not a wall but I think he has hit a little bit of a plateau in his last five games he's rushed for 329 yards and that's an average of like 65 yards a game and we you know we know Saquon can rush for over 100 yards in a game we know that and he's done it several times this year already so you know last five games it's just like mm, you know not sure if it's not sure if it's just that point of the season or if it is if it's really like some kind of mental block that he's having you know, I, I, if, if it is a mental block, I definitely want him to continue having that mental block on Sunday. He can fix it after. I, that, that, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for mental health. Just fix it after you play the Eagles. That's fine. That's fine with me. Um, but, you know, outside of his rookie season in 2018, the Eagles have been able to hold Saquon to under 100 yards rushing. So, 
so, um, you know, versus, uh, even this year versus the NFC East, he's played three games. They've played, if I'm not mistaken, two games against the Cowboys already, one game against the Commanders. I may have that backwards. Um, but he's only had 183 yards rushing, which is, you know, averaging about 60, 61 yards per game. And then he's had a touchdown in each game. So I really, I don't know what, like what the block is for him. But, you know, like I said before, he can fix it after the Eagles game. Get off the plateau after you face us. That's fine. Um, but I know this Eagles team is not scared. Like, I know this defensive line is not scared of Saquon Barkley. He is a dual threat. He does catch passes out of the backfield. So that is something that the Eagles will have to work into their game plan for him. Um, but, you know, the same thing could be said for Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Uh, he He's good for catching passes out of the backfield. Um, you know, but he wasn't able to do a lot of that last week. So I expect a lot of the same game plan that the Eagles had versus the Titans to be used versus the Giants. And I know that because it is a, uh, a divisional game, you know, there's going to be a little bit more spice to it. There's going to be a little bit more juice to it. So as long as the Eagles can keep their head about themselves, keep their emotions in check, things like that, I don't see an issue with them pretty much dominating from the first play to the last play. I think it's very, very possible. But then you have Daniel Jones. And again, <laughs> we've had our fair share of Daniel Jones um, playing against our our Eagles defense. But this is, this is a different team. This is a much different team. Um, Daniel Jones is a running quarterback. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I definitely put money on him to go over his rushing prop every week because he always does. <laughs> and um, and that's how I really win my money. So, uh, you know, Daniel Jones, uh, he is a little bit reckless with the ball though. So I, I think that's something that the Eagles definitely look at. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's great for them to have a quarterback or to go against a quarterback that doesn't really take care of the ball. Um, his offensive line can't keep him upright. He's been sacked 17 times in the last five games and he's ranked third amongst, uh, the most sacked quarterbacks thus far in the season. So, you know, another win for the Eagles defensive line. Like I expect them to get to, uh, Danny Dimes a lot on Sunday and like a whole lot. Like I have a prediction of how many sacks I think this Eagles defense is going to get. So in in that you know you also have to account for him running you know we've we've seen what happens <laughs> unfortunately we've seen what happens when a defense puts a spy on a on a mobile quarterback we saw the damage that Jalen Hurts can do to a spy on the defensive side of the ball you know it's like i think it was what the second play of the game on Sunday versus the Titans where they decided to put a spy on Jalen and Jalen juked him and then he left the game. So I I don't want our I don't want Gannon to overthink this. 
I really don't. Because when you overthink, you get too cute and then you you kind of get hit in the face and then you have to make up for it. So I think if, again, if they go into this Giants game with this, with a similar game plan that they had versus the Titans, then it should be, it should be a good game for the defense. Um, I think that Darius Slay, let's see, Slay, Fletcher, um, BG, I can't remember all of the defensive players, but in 2020, Daniel Jones ripped off that 80-yard run against our defense where we had pretty much the Walmart rejects, you know, the the employees that couldn't even get a job at Walmart were playing on our defensive our defensive side of the ball and and our offensive side of the ball. We had Travis Fogel, you know? Um, But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, But, you know, Daniel Jones ripped off that 80-yard run and he would have scored because he outran everybody, but he tripped over his own feet. So that was the only reason that, (laughs) you know, the, uh, the touchdown didn't happen from him, but that was nasty. That was, that was really, I watched the replay of it this morning. But it that was nasty. It was horrible. And it better not happen again. You know, and I, I don't think it will. I, there, you, there's there's no way that this defense lets something like that happen again. Um, it's it's impossible. Um, but two players that I wanted to talk about really quick with this defensive, with this Giants defense, um, Julian Love and Dexter Lawrence. Um, they're probably my two biggest concerns with the Giants right now. Um, Julian Love leads the team with interceptions. He has two on the year. Um, you know, this Giants team doesn't have a lot of takeaways, but, you know, they have a D-line and a D-lineman in Dexter Lawrence that also enjoys getting after the quarterback. So, uh, Dexter Lawrence leads the team in sacks this year with six. But again, they don't like I I don't feel like their defense is as aggressive as I thought they were going to be in the beginning of the year. So, you know, going against one of the best offensive lines in football with the Eagles, I think this should be it should be a good matchup, you know, for both teams. And I think that the, you know, the the Eagles offensive line is going to is going to win that matchup. And so, so my concerns aren't really that big of a concern, but again, Jalen has to make sure that he's taking care of that ball. No, you know, no, uh, no, no sacks that are going to be unnecessary. No fumbles that are going to be unnecessary. Like none of that. Like I need like super, super ball security. And if you guys didn't see this, the Philadelphia Eagles actually posted a video. Um, maybe it wasn't the Eagles. Maybe it was one of the beat writers that were there. But they had posted a video about <laughs> ball security drills again. Here we go again. Um, and this time, the coaching staff <laughs> had a boxing glove. And he was trying to hit the ball out of these wide receivers, uh, running backs' hands. 
So it's like it, the Eagles put an emphasis on ball security every single week. And these drills get more insane as the weeks go by. So I'm, it's going to be it's going to be interesting if the if the Eagles get a fumble on Sunday or if they drop a pass or what you know whatever the case is I'm I'm really anxious to see what the ball security drill is going to be next week um cuz these videos really they they make my day they crack me up a lot um but yeah I mean going back to the Giants defense they allow about 360 yards of offense a game. And to break that down, they are allowing over 200 yards passing, 60% completion percentage for the quarterback, and then they're allowing 140-plus rushing yards a game. Their last, if I'm not mistaken, their last five games, they have all had over, I want to say like 120, 130 yards per game. Um, you know, throw in 150, 140, uh, rushing yards, all of that. This Eagles offense is going to eat on Sunday. Switching over to them, the Eagles offense is second in points per game. They average about 28 points per game. They're third in yards per game with about 388. (laughs) They're... First in touchdowns per game, they uh, they average about four or just under four, 3.7. And then they're fifth in rush yards per game. They average 155 yards a game. Honestly, this Eagles team will be able to do whatever they want on Sunday. Whatever they want, whatever style of, of offense they want to play, they will be able to play it. There's nothing about this Giants defense that makes me think they can stop this Eagles team at all, at all. But again, it's a divisional game. Everybody has the extra juice. There's always that team that has no chance to get into the playoffs that wants to ruin the chances of other people. So, it's Eagles defense, you know, like I spoke about before, I think that um, they are going, I think they're going to have a field day. I think they're really going to have a field day. They have 41 sacks on the year so far. Darius Slay and James Bradbury have been the absolute best duo of corners in the league. And I don't want to debate anybody about it. I don't. Argue with somebody else. But even with the additions of Ndamukong Sue and Linville Joseph, like there has been a spark within this defensive line that we haven't seen on a consistent basis in a very, very long time. There's always fresh legs out there. There's always penetration in the backfield. There's always somebody getting to the quarterback. And it is such a beautiful sight to see. Fletcher Cox has five sacks on the year. Josh Sweat leads the team in tackles for a loss with 10. He is a wild man, okay? (laughs) He is a wild man. He has six and a half sacks on the year. Hassan Reddick... Leads the, leads the team in sacks with nine. I didn't think that we were going to have a double-digit double sack leader on this team. And and our and our, our best linebacker slash edge rusher in Hassan Reddick could break that on Sunday. And I expect him to. I 100% expect him to. Then you have Brandon Graham. My, the teddy bear, 
the teddy bear of the defense, he's got five and a half sacks. Javon Hargrave has eight sacks on the year. TJ Edwards, leading the team in tackles, has been absolutely phenomenal. And I'm not arguing with anybody about the way that TJ Edwards plays. You can argue with somebody else. Because if he is not out there, there is a lot of these games that will be, one, closer than what they were, and two, a lot of these a lot of these players would have a lot more yards on us than what we allowed in that game. So give TJ Edwards his props now because he deserves it 100%. And the guy plays like 100% of the defensive snaps anyway, so he's always out on the field. Give that man his flowers. Just because he misses a tackle, everybody misses tackles. Nobody gets tackles 100% of the time. But he is on a defensive team where he has the help. There is somebody over the top. There's somebody under, like, wherever he needs the help, there's always somebody there. So I just want to say, give that man his flowers while, while he's still here. And then you have, of course, our duo, Slay and Bradbury. Six, intercep- six interceptions between the two of them. I expect them to at least get one or two on Sunday. And then they have 24 pass deflections between the two of them. I th- they are, I, I don't think teams want to throw their way anymore. And if they do throw their way, then they're overthrowing. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't, they don't want to chance the interceptions. They don't want to chance giving the ball back. They don't want to chance having this defense thrive on more takeaways this year. But it, I mean, it's not going to end. It's, it's almost inevitable. Like you have to throw the ball eventually. You know what I mean? So um, just breaking down this defense so far, they're only allowing 178 yards per game or passing yards per game. They're allowing about two touchdowns per game. And it's like, it's like 2.1. If the, if it, and it's like, I feel like it's only two because Sometimes it's like, you know, the defense is tired or they have a majority of, you know, the second or third string out there, like things like that. So more like garbage time touchdowns, but adjustments are being made, which is something that, you know, we have it. We didn't see last year. I'll say that we did not see it last year, Um, but the players and the coaching staff are doing a great job with adjusting at halftime. Because it's almost like night and day with this defense. If they start off poorly, they come out at halftime and, and it's it's domination for two quarters. And it's it's great. It's really great to see that kind of switch for them. Um, they're allowing 117 yard rushes or 170. Oh my gosh, I cannot talk. 117 rushing yards per game, um, which equals out to be about 4.6 yards per carry. I want. I thoroughly expect that number to go down. With Sue uh, Joseph and Jordan Davis coming back, I I really don't expect that number to be at four by the end of the year. I think it'll go back down to, you know, three point five, three point six, kind of thing. So that's something that I'll be watching for the rest of the season. And then you know. First in turnover margin, they this defense averages about two takeaways per game. And um, and their interceptions, you know, you got to love a good interception. And that's why I, um, 
you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm hoping that CJ Gardner Johnson, um, comes back and is able to play for the playoffs. Having him in that playoff atmosphere is going to be huge for the Eagles. And it's something that, um, that will take this defense over the top, in my opinion, you know, so moving along to the game plan, uh, this is also a playoff clinching game for the Philadelphia Eagles. If they win this game versus the Giants, they are in the playoffs. They clinch. Um, my score prediction, I think that the Eagles will win by a large margin. Um, I think it'll be like, you know, 31-14, 31-10, like something like that. It's, it's going to be a large margin, in my opinion. Um, the defense is going to eat. James Badbury, revenge game. He's going to come with the extra juice. If Daniel Jones throws his way, James Bradbury is getting an interception on Sunday. There's no question about it. There is zero question about it. And Daniel Jones is probably going to get sacked about five times on Sunday. We saw what the Eagles can do to, um, you know, go in against a, a, a not so great offensive line. And this offensive line in, in, in New York for the Giants does not always protect Danny Dimes. So five sacks. I, th- I feel like that's a little too low. But whatever, you know, defense is going to eat regardless. And then my offensive prediction, like I said before, this Eagles offense can play however they want. If they, if, but I think that this might be the game where we see a little bit more balance between the run game and the passing game. So I think the Eagles are also, they're going to run for, um, they're going to rush for 200 yards. And I also think that they're going to have 200-yard receivers on Sunday. Um, Most likely going to be A.J. Brown and Smitty, but, you know, we'll see what happens. You you could even throw Jack Stoll in there. He could probably get 50 or 60 yards. So, you know, I think it'll be a lot more balanced than what we have seen before instead of it being, you know, a run-heavy game versus a pass-heavy game. Um... So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I love divisional games. It, it's uh, it's heightened for me. So, you know, I, I don't think that this is going to be a tall task for the Eagles. I think this is, I think we're catching the Giants at the perfect time coming off of that tie with the Commanders. Um, you know, going against Saquon Barkley is is going to be huge. It's It's probably going to be one of the, defining um one of the defining moments of this game how well can this Eagles defense contain him how well can this Eagles defense um you know keep keep Danny Dimes like off the field you know what I mean like it's good it's gonna be interesting to watch it unfold as I've said before so uh score prediction Eagles 31 Giants 14 and that's giving them grace. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that concludes this episode of Sports and Stilettos Podcast. Um, again, make sure you guys are subscribed to the show so you are notified as soon as new episodes drop. And make sure you follow me on Twitter. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, let me know what your score predictions are for this game. And um And I'll be putting up my bets for this Eagles and Giants game on Sunday morning. So make sure you're following me for that. And 
Fly Eagles Fly. Let's go birds. <laughs>